Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Talk Radio. La, 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 la. Wait till I get my money right. I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven When I woke I spent that on a necklace I told God I'll be back in a second Man it's so hard not to act reckless The whole much is given, much is tested Get arrested guessing till he gets the message I feel the pressure under more scrutiny And what I do, act more stupidly Bought more jewelry, more Louis V My mama couldn't get through to me The drama, people suing me I'm on TV talking like it's just you and me I'm just saying how I feel, man I ain't one of the Cosby's, I ain't go to hell, man One bleeds red And one bleeds blue Two friends One heated rival It's intense It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio. Where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Long live the 24-hour timer in the Dynasty League. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Red vs. Blue High Stakes Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. Uh, I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football, broadcasting live out of Indianapolis, Indiana, this transmission. Uh, tonight, uh, the special co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, as always, Mr. Michael Trent. Uh, Mike, I know you're a big uh, Reds fan. I know they got a big game going on, but what do you think about that Tony Parker magic last night? Off the knees, behind the back, off the glass, nothing but net, taking LeBron out. I'll tell you what. You know, something else, Scott. Uh, first off, I uh, just want to uh, thank you for having me on the show again. And uh want to thank the entire crew for uh, joining, uh, joining in. Uh, i tell you what, San Antonio, they just continue to uh, they amaze. Tony Parker will, amazed in game one. When will t- Tim Duncan amaze? It might be in game three, four, five. Uh, something else, uh, you know, I, I just I think this has the capability to be in the best ever series, the finals that we've ever seen. I really do because Miami they'll they'll continue to come back, they'll continue to do what they do. Uh, but man, and Tony Parker and Tim Duncan when he needs to, and uh, Ginobili they're going to do those they're going to do those things and pop. He's going to push the right buttons that are going to keep the Miami Heat off balance. So it was fun. Hey, uh, an IPS driver's in the chat room. Big time Heat fan. Congratulations on that big ass thumping uh, the Pacers game seven. That was a uh, humble pie for us Pacer fans, but I'm very proud of the Pacers and their season that they had. They did a lot of good things, a lot of growth and development on that team. We're just a shooter away, man. I really feel like, well, two pieces. I think, you know, we need a point, a real true point guard, you know. I mean, I would love okay. to see a Peyton Chiva or something. You know, that'd be great. Just somebody that can dish to all those athletes because that's not George Hill, and I love George Hill. I think he's a great guard, but he's not a true point. And then I, I'd really like to have a spot-up three-point shooter. You know, these teams like Miami, they got Mike Miller, and Chicago's got their shooters. You know, used to have a, uh, you know, like a Keurig or something, somebody that just sits out there and you dish it out and you know you can count on that that three like Ray Allen, you know. That's really what the Pacers are missing, Mike. That's all they need. Well, exactly. But, however, you guys are missing a big piece of the puzzle this entire year. And, 
you know, he wasn't around. So I, I don't know, uh, you know, once he comes back, uh, what's going to happen? I mean, are they going to go after somebody? Are they going to pay the money to get somebody? I mean, they, they had a, uh, you know, they had a great chemistry going. Yeah, well, it's going to be a, going to be a fun series, Spurs versus Heat. They've stole that first one on the road. All the Spurs have to do is maintain home court advantage, and they win this series in six. Now, if the Heat can somehow manage to get that game three, you know they're going to be working real hard to steal that first one in San Antonio. Then it's setting up for a real bloodbath to get a seven-game series. And if it's in Miami in game seven, you got to give the edge to LeBron. And I don't mind LeBron as much if it wasn't for D-Wade. I just can't stand the flopping, man. It just, it just, it just gets to me, but... Let's move well, on. Scott, this, go ahead. Scott, real quick, uh, if it comes down to game game seven, I don't give any advantage to LeBron or anybody else. The big advantage goes to Pop and those and those guys in San Antonio. There's no doubt about it. Spolstra and LeBron, D Wade, uh, Bosch, uh, that entire crew, they don't want a game seven. Even if it's in my, we even they know it's in Miami. They don't want that because it's like, wow, we got to go against a bunch of veterans that know what the heck they're doing, and we we still are green. Yeah, you know, people were calling Roy Hibbert the best center in the league until Tim Duncan shows up to play. So, uh, thank you, Henry Muto, for correcting me. Games three, four, and five are in San Antonio, which. Again, yeah. you know that's a little that's pretty interesting. There, uh, it's always that last the the championship is two three two, which I don't really understand. Pretty if it's good. good enough for the playoffs, I, I understand travel and all that, but yeah, I, I like the two 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 one. I think I, I, that kind of works, or two two one one one. I I like how that works. But let's let's move on no, to the I, end. Don't, don't I mean let's, most uh, m- most uh, big leagues? I mean, whether it's baseball, hockey, or what have you, it's two three two. And, and and that's the way it should be. Uh, Brothers Mayhem, yes, 9 p.m. is the regular start time for the show on Friday nights. Uh, 9 p.m., bookmark it, put it down, write it down, stick a post-it note up on your uh, monitor. 9 p.m. Eastern is the uh, start time for Red versus Blue in 2013. Okay, Mikey, we've got to get to, uh, you know, look, there's lots of news going on. We could talk about Ahmad Bradshaw still not having a deal yet in India. I thought it was going to be easy to do. Uh, I I didn't think there was a chance that the Colts let him leave the building, but they you know they they did. He's still he's still around. Um, it, it does sound like they're still negotiating with Bradshaw. And uh, look again, th- there is a new offensive coordinator in town. I don't know if you're going to see more receptions to the running backs. I think if you want to be considered a legitimate sleeper type pick for Vic Ballard, you have to be able to get more receptions. Uh, than that, and if, even if Bradshaw comes, I know he can catch the ball, but you got to be able to have the offensive coach has to be able to call the plays to give the little dumpers and make Bradshaw or uh, um, Vic Ballard a legitimate fifth-round type pick. Uh, if that doesn't happen, you're just sitting there getting rushes, uh, not getting a much of the offense. Most of the balls are going to the wide receivers and the tight ends, and it makes it a very difficult pick. For me, I'd rather take a chance on a very high upside guy. There's that word. Uh, uh, a high upside yep. guy like we talked about last week with Giovanni Bernard. I'd rather take a guy with a high ceiling uh, that can catch the ball, can take it to the house, can get 50 catches, you know, whereas Vic Ballard uh, or Omar Bradshaw, somebody like that in the fifth round, you're just not going to see that happen. Uh, so give me a guy like, you know, even even I would want to say an Eddie Lacy. I'd much rather have a Giovanni Bernard, uh, somebody like that. But that's where that, that's where that well starts to dry up in that fifth round. I mean, even guys like Lamar Miller and Ivory and Le'Veon Bell and, and, and all those guys are gone at that point. So if you're waiting for the fifth round for your running back, you better have something in mind. You know, the, one of the philosophies that Ian was, was talking to me about, and again, Ian's a very well-accomplished uh, player in the high-stakes world. He knows how to construct fantasy teams, and he's talking about you just got to get your 14 points, man. You got to get your 14 or 15 points from every player every week, and that's all you need. You get you 140 points, and you are in the championship round. And that's your lottery ticket. That's your chance to dance. That's your 150K uh, ticket. And if you can get that 14 or 15 points, don't try to go for real sexy. And I know you want the 20 or 25, Scott, but if you get that 14 locked in, you're going to be in the dance, and that's what it's all about. Every week. And yep. you know, and that's the tough thing to do. 
is to find that uh, find that guy that's going to get you uh, 14 points every week, and that you know that and that's very tough. Uh, you know, you can go down the go, go down the rankings and uh, you know find out somebody right now that uh, wow, you know, I, I think he'll get I think he'll get it to me, but uh, will, will he really? Uh, the other big news uh, today is obviously Josh Gordon. Uh, you know, ESPN Cleveland was talking about him just being the most physical, most having the most physical ability of any player on the Browns roster, and the only thing that can stop him from being an elite player this year is himself. And the sky's the limit in that uh, Norv Turner's vertical attack. But here you go again, rearing its ugly head, Mike. These were some of the issues in the past, and now he's, he's facing a two-game suspension for – uh, the league's substance abuse policy. Everybody has to assume, I believe, that that's marijuana. Look, you're not living in Denver, even though it's legal in Denver. It's legal probably in Cali. It uh, doesn't matter. The NFL can make their own rules. That's the way it goes. You're you're working for an employer. They can do what they want to do. You have to abide by it. So you got to lay off the little sticky icky, man. you got to make sure yeah. you're at the NFL level. You want to be a star in this league. You want to be drafted across the nation uh, by fantasy players everywhere. you got to get off. The drugs, uh, and that's it. That's all you can say. He, everybody knows he's uh, the the cat's out of the bag, so to speak. The genie's out of the bottle with Josh Gordon. Everybody kind of knows that in the seventh round you're getting one hell of a player. Uh, but Mike, uh, two game suspension has got to hurt his value a little bit. Absolutely. You know, I mean, th- this is a guy that uh, could be rated ahead of guys like Dwayne Bow, uh, Tory Smith. Uh, Jeremy Michaelin, Vincent Jackson, Eric Decker even. I mean, could he be rated that that high? Well, not anymore. And, you know, his value has dropped. His value with his, his teammates has dropped. And and that's what uh, that's what hurts more than anything. You know, you're a team. I get a bunch of guys together, and uh, nobody wants to see anybody fail in anything, whether it's a drug test or, or what have you, and on the field. And when that does happen, man, you're kind of letting each other down. So uh, this is a uh, Cleveland, uh, a Cleveland Browns team that's really trying to resurge and trying to be really good. And when they get one of their key components that just kind of falls off the map, or not falls off the map, but you know just kind of messes up, that that really hurts the entire team. Yeah. Uh, okay. This is the Red versus Blue Show, brought to you by FFToolbox.com. And the Fantasy Football World Championships, everybody knows by now, uh, the Fantasy Football World Championships has been doing made madness drawings. We've uh, we had to extend it, Mike, because, look, it has to end on an even number of 20. And we we didn't end exactly on an even number of 20, so we've got to have a, uh, we've got another drawing to do. Uh, I've already got to do one tonight, actually, uh, before we get out of here. And then we've got one more uh, to do. So the May Madness deadline has been extended. Your $200 deposit, you entered in. Uh, that's your deposit on an FFWC main event team. You can draft that live uh, in Vegas with us on opening weekend, or you can stay at home and draft online. It's totally up to you, uh, but you have a chance at the 12500 in league prizes, and if you are in the top four in your league, all you got to be is in the top four, best record, most points, second best record, second most points. One of those four, you make the big dance uh, for the $150,000 grand prize. So definitely, if you haven't gotten your deposit in, go ahead and do that. If that is a little bit too steep for your blood and you're not ready to jump up to that level, you can jump into the Roto Bowl, a $279 price point. You can also do that live in Vegas. That's one of the things that's kind of unique about the Fantasy Football World Championship Series. You can draft the Roto Bowl in Las Vegas or online, of course. It's an online competition, but we do draft them live uh, so that you can get that Vegas feel. And we feel if you experience Vegas with us, there's, it's a Not no-brainer good. that you'll be back year after year. It's very addicting. The brotherhood we've all uh, developed over the years. Uh, the Roto Bowl is an excellent competition with uh, very large league prizes. We feel that's very important in this industry because you got to win your league first and then a ticket to the dance. So we will continue to always power the league prizes and then push the championship round prizes. So it's a very good format. We like it. You will be playing 13 weeks here. Uh, everybody plays 13 weeks. Everybody plays on Thanksgiving. You're in it uh, the full 13 weeks. and then. Top four teams advance, and uh, you have a chance at a big money. So that's the way it works here at the FFWC. That's how it works with all of our leagues, and uh, we think you'll like it. But it's up to you. Uh, up to you. And then again, if that's still a little out of your price range, because I know for a lot of people, Mike, two seventy nine is a high stakes league, right? That's a big high stakes league, and especially uh, if you're yep. married, you know, you got to kind of convince the wife that hey, this is going to be cool. This is an investment. It's, it's uh, we're going to give it a shot and see how it works. 
Uh, all we got to do is place in the top four. We get our money back. So uh, I understand it's an investment. We do have uh, we will be we, we do have the ninety nine dollar drafting goes on Tuesday night, Mike, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We have twelve high stakes veterans step up uh, to the plate every Tuesday night at nine p.m. Uh, you go to fftoolbox.com. You click the games icon up at the top, and you'll see the ninety nine dollar drafting goes. And basically, what this is, Mike, is it's just a draft. You just draft a team, set it and forget it type thing. You draft it. You don't have to come back to it. And then uh, the lineups and the waivers, you, there are no waivers. The lineups are done automatically every week. Your best team will start every week. So you can just kind of sit back and watch it. And that's what makes these things really addictive, Mike, for the high-stakes players. They can draft them. They can get the, the, the mocking experience that a mock sure. has. But you get the live fun of getting 12 guys or gals together and drafting and seeing what kind of decisions are being made and who's going where. So that's why I put a link in the draft in the chat room tonight. Uh, the crew, thank you for being here. Uh, always, always great to have you guys here on Friday night. And we're going to look at this draft well, board, Mike. Now I sent you a link. I don't know if you have access, but I'm going to talk you through it. If not, well, one thing, Scott, about the uh, the '99 uh, drafts is that uh, it gives the high stakes players, you know, just a lot of uh, practice and stuff like that. But it gives uh, players like myself, you know, it's like, well, let me jump in and uh, see what I can do. You know, I, I I bet I can beat them and go go with it. So we're gonna start off and take a look at this draft. Uh, Twelve names. Don't worry about the names; those are just kind of uh, hidden to protect the innocent here. They are team names. Uh, we we will probably be pulling those off to protect the drafters from uh, from people from knowing their draft strategies. We do don't we do not mind aliases. If you want to use an alias, feel free. Uh, you don't have anything to worry about here. Uh, if you want to keep that information protected, so. Let's take a look at this draft, Mike, to give us an idea. We're in June, right? It's early June, and this is what the draft looks like. Green is color-coded for the running backs. Yellow is the wide receivers. Blue is the tight end. Pink is the quarterback, okay? And the, the, we, we chose the pink color for the quarterbacks. So here we go. Adrian Peterson back to number one spot. Doug Martin, number two. We have seen those flip-flop a little bit. Calvin Johnson, number three. Not a surprise, Mike, considering that he did what he did last year and didn't have the touchdowns. Uh, the only issue with Calvin Johnson in a draft master format is that running backs go pretty quick, and wide receivers are very deep this year. When you're looking at the seventh round, and you can get guys like Macklin and Austin and Denario and Steve Smith, that's a really nice seventh round, Mike. Uh, there's, it's very hard for me to take a wide receiver early when I can get wide receivers like that late. Well, yeah, but Calvin's Calvin's special. I mean, that, that's a, that's a different beast. So, uh, but uh, his lack of touchdowns did hurt. But uh, do you think that it'll have that few touchdowns this coming year? I don't think so. So, I can't see I, I can't see myself taking him that early. But uh, then again, he's gonna uh, he's gonna be something else this year. Yeah, 1,964 yards, just fell shy of 2,000, and only five touchdowns. Mike, now who would have ever dreamed in a million years that Calvin goes from 16 touchdowns to five? So when you're yeah. when you're doing projections, and I'm knee-deep in projections right now, it's very difficult to figure out, you know, touchdowns. It's just a very fluky number. But I would say that he goes back to double-digit touchdowns this year. It's just a hunch. But I say he oh. goes back to at least double-digit touchdowns. Yeah, it's not a hunch, man. It's going to happen. It's I guarantee it's going to happen. It might happen within the uh, first uh, eight to ten weeks of the year. Yeah, yeah, he has that kind of potential. Um, if you are having problems in the chat room, and uh, I, I have had some messages that some people can't get the chat room back up and loaded. It sounds like it's a Flash Player issue on Blog Talk Radio. They talk about going to Adobe.com and to the Flash Player and refreshing that. And if you haven't installed Flash before. They tell you to just uninstall Flash and reinstall it. It takes about a minute from from beginning to end to uninstall and reinstall it. They say you can get back into the chat room by doing that. So that's just a uh, just a tip uh, that Adobe Flash does have some issues when you've upgraded uh, with Blog Talk Radio. Okay, so Mike, we get through those picks. Then we get to some real interesting, nice picks. Jamal Charles, Trent Richardson, and Arian Foster. Uh, nothing wrong with any of those guys. I, I It's basically pick your preference. Whoever whoever you like there, there's there's nothing wrong with any of them. Jamal Charles is a 1,500-yard guy when healthy. Uh, not a big touchdown guy, but he does get a lot of receptions, 36 receptions last year. And they're talking about him setting 
his personal best at uh, rece- receptions this year, Mike. So I don't think there's any problem for me. If it's me, I'm okay with taking uh, a Jamal Charles in that top three spot. I, I don't I don't have a problem with that. Now, some people might say he's a little small for that, but look, his speed his speed is just um, you know defying on the field. And and I know he's been injured. He, he's had some injuries in the past. Uh, but this guy could set a personal best this year with over 50 receptions. And if that's the case, Mike, he's going to make that's, a run for one of the top three running backs in his league. That's the key. That's the key right there, Scott. Uh, the receptions and the yards after catch the yak uh, that Jamal Charles is going to get is going to outweigh what Trent Richardson is going to do. Uh, I think Trent Richardson is a great player. Um Injury issues, they're going to always be, uh, you know, over his – they're going to be worried about injury issues. But uh, Jamal Charles, this is going to be some kind of year for him. I really believe that. Yeah, Jamal Charles is making a run this year. Look, if it's me, and I'm going to be straight real with you guys, uh, Adrian Peterson, Doug Martin, Calvin Johnson, that's fine. I don't even mind if you take Calvin number one overall. If you feel like you've got running backs later, that's fine. I don't, I don't mind it. Because he's that dominant of a player, okay? I think Jamal Charles legitimately has a claim to being a top running back. He doesn't get the touchdowns, but, Mike, touchdowns are very hard to predict anyway. He gets the receptions. He gets the yards. He gets the touches. That's really the formula for success in fantasy. Uh, now, I don't see why you would put him over Martin or Peterson, but I can, I, can, I can tell you that I get it, that Jamal Charles has that type of upside. There's only one other guy. Well, Arian Foster, look. Arian Foster is a complete um, – we talk about this every week, Mike. People let him slide to number six, and he's going to burn you. He's going to absolutely yeah. burn you. Every year he has some kind of issue, some kind of something or another, uh, and then he just goes on to have a dominant season. Uh, first in 2010, uh, third in 2011, third in 2012 – that's a recipe that says this guy belongs up here in the top three. For him to ever fall out of the top three, I think you're kind of taking the, the preseason news and just making too much out of it because the person at six is getting an absolute gift wrap uh, with Arian Foster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Arian Foster, he's always there. I mean, he, it doesn't matter what it is, uh, whether it's uh, rushing the ball or uh, receiving. I mean, he's dominant out the backfield receiving. Uh you know, when, you, when you're drafting these uh, running backs, and, you know, I just kind of go through this over and over again. I'm thinking, who's the guy that's going to score a touchdown? Well, that's changed. It's not who the guy that's – who's the running back that's going to score a touchdown. It's who's the running back that's going to get the yak. Who's the, who's the running back that's going to get that many receptions? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll forfeit the touchdown to get those receptions because – in this day and age, in, in the NFL, Scott, they it doesn't go to those profile backs when it's a person go from the two. It's going to go to somebody else. Now there was a tweet the other day by Chet G. Chet underscore G. Uh, you probably know him uh, if you're on Twitter uh, at all. Uh, Thefakefootball.com out of Chicago. But he he had a tweet on there the other day, and I have not confirmed this. Okay. And I don't really understand quite exactly how this is possible, but this is his statistic. He says, with the next guy we're going to talk about, C.J. Spiller. C.J. Spiller's last 396 touches went for 2,533 yards and 14 touchdowns compared to Peterson's last 388 touches that went for 2,314 yards and 13 TDs. That means, Mike, basically that Spiller, over the last roughly 400 touches, has been more productive in yards and touchdowns than Adrian Peterson. Now, uh-huh. I, 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 you know, look, that's C.J. Spiller for you. I think he flies under the radar a little bit because he's in Buffalo. I think people have uh, still think about C.J. Spiller in terms of being, you know, Fred Jackson kind of, uh, is he going to be in the way or isn't he? Is Fred Jackson healthy? That's the, that's the kind of question I talk. When I bring up C.J. Spiller, they're like, well, what about Jackson? Is Jackson still there? I'm like, yeah, and they automatically like, huh, I uh, okay, they're kind of down about that, you know, and I'm like, look, Jackson doesn't um, pose any kind of a threat at all whatsoever to C.J. Spiller. 
it might keep him fresh a little bit. He's got a good veteran there uh, to lean on. Uh, nothing wrong with Fred Jackson still being in Buffalo and giving it a shot and trying to perform. But that's C.J. Spiller's ball. And he could make a case at the end of the year. I'm not saying draft him at number one, but he could be the guy that we look back on at the end of the season and see that he's atop the running back ranking. You know, uh, Scott, when I'm looking at this uh, comparison with uh, Spiller and AP, there's another uh, glaring comparison that just uh, uh, screams at me. Neither one of them have a formidable quarterback. Neither one of them have a lot of wide receivers around them that are that are that great. I mean, they're decent, they're solid. So uh, you know that that makes it kind of interesting that uh, these guys, uh, C.J. Spiller and Adrian Peterson, are kind of the uh, foundation of the of the of the offense. Absolutely, and they're dual threat. Uh, C.J. Spiller catches the ball. Uh, Adrian Peterson has been very well, very uh, done a good job the last couple of years in receptions. He can also catch the ball. Uh, that's why you're seeing guys like Doug Martin up at the top and Trent Richardson because these guys are very high reception guys uh, as well as Arian Foster, LaShawn McCoy, Ray Rice, all these guys, Matt Forte. If you look at the top ten in running backs, it's because they catch the ball. The only guy that kind of defies that logic is Marshawn Lynch, and it's because he's just beast mode. Uh, you can count on those touchdowns from him every year. It's very consistent because of that offensive system and because of his power inside the red zone. But most of the time, you have to be the guy that catches a lot of balls, and those guys do that, and that's why they're up there at the top. So I wouldn't be surprised if C.J. Spiller at the end of 2013 is the number one running back in fantasy football. LaShawn McCoy uh, is next by Sean Coots. Look, you can't argue with running backs being taken at this point. A.J. Green Ray Rice, Matt Forte, Marshawn Lynch round out the top 12. Now, Mike, the only pick that I that I somewhat dispute there, uh, and I don't have a problem with the player, I love the player, it's A.J. Green. I, I don't think you're getting bang for your buck. Look, he he caught 97 balls last year, 1,300 yards. I, I There's nothing wrong with A.J. Green at all. He's one of the best wide receivers in the game. However, I think he falls into the ballpark of about 10 other wide receivers there that are all kind of really good. And so if, it, if it's me, I'd rather lock up my running back and make sure that he's going to be really good than lock up that dominant wide receiver, especially in a draft master format. It's just me. At some point, you got to take him. Second round somewhere, you have to. But I'm not a first-round A.J. Green guy. Well, you know, and that's something we've been talking about on the last few shows is, uh, you know, the depth at wide receiver, how many wide receivers that are, uh, that are out there. There's a lot. And uh, there's a lot that are comparable to A.J. Green. Uh, the depth at running back, stars, run, star running backs, and uh, the ones that you really want to uh, get and uh, keep a hold of, there's not many of them. So, uh, you know, you might want to go after that. But then again, he might have a different angle. I mean, he might just go after that and just try to, try to grab another uh, running back down the road. But I, I don't think I would do that. All right, Mike, I went ahead and sent you the draft board so you can uh, take a look as well. Sorry about that. So you've got the second round comes around. Uh, the 12-spot pairs Marshawn Lynch with Brandon Marshall. The 11-spot pairs Matt Forte with Des Bryant. Love Des Bryant this year. Think he can be the number two wide receiver in all of football this year. Uh, Ray Rice at 10 gets paired with Jimmy Graham. This is not the FFPC, guys, but, hey, I like Jimmy Graham. A.J. Green at the nine-hole gets paired with Julio Jones, okay? Now, here's that strategy. He wasn't afraid to take a wide receiver in the first, and he's not afraid to take a wide receiver in the second. Uh, that means you have to hit on your running back. So let's see what he does with them later in the draft. Would you feel good with Ryan Matthews in the fourth, Chris Ivory in the fifth, Shane Vereen in the seventh, and D'Angelo Williams in the tenth? Now, a Mike, lot of running backs. You know what? That's a lot of running backs, Scott. Uh, uh, you know, I don't. I don't feel good with that. I, I was actually going to. I was actually going to disagree. I actually like what he did there. I usually don't. I mean, again, this is a format. I'm telling you, I, I'm a big fan of seeing running backs go and then loading up on those wide receivers later. I would much rather grab a, um, you know, a Reggie Wayne and a and a Torrey Smith 
and uh, Jeremy Macklin in the fifth, sixth, and seventh, and have me three good, three or four good running backs early. But this guy actually does a pretty good job. Matthews, Ivory, and Vereen. Now, you can you can argue with those picks and say those are not my guys, and 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 I get that. You know, I'm not I'm not a big Matthews guy here. Um, I don't think any of us anymore are Matthews guys, right? I mean, why would you be? This guy, um, he has not done anything but get hurt out there on the field. Uh, but look, he was on pace for a pretty good season. Not a not a not a great season, but a pretty good season uh, before he got injured. He he started the season with uh, with an injury, remember, uh, and then ended the season with an injury. So he missed four or five games last year. Still finished up with uh, 40 receptions. Now, see, that's the key. Getting 40 receptions and missing four games tells you there's some some more that he can contribute. It wasn't like he was doing anything special. He was still averaging subpar four yards of carry. The year before, he averaged almost five yards of carry. So something, you know, San Diego's offense isn't what it used to be. Ain't what it used to be, right? Uh but in the fourth round, in a draft master format, you can take the good with the bad with a running back like that and not have to count on him every week. I absolutely love the Chris Ivory pick in the late fifth. I think that's value, don't you, Mike? Chris Ivory, uh, by all accounts, has been going in the fourth round. So to see him slip to 5'9", and he's pretty much going to be the lead ball carrier in the Jets' offense, not saying much, but the lead ball carrier... Uh, I like Chris Ivory. And and then the Shane Vereen pick in the seventh, Mike. Look, any time a receiver catches 50 balls or so, you've got an opportunity to be a top 10 running back in this league. That's just the way it works. If you The PPR system, you catch 50 balls, you've got a chance if you can get about 150 carries. Now, the question is, I don't think Vereen will get that many carries. That That's going to be asking a lot of him. Uh, but Danny Woodhead, uh, this Danny Woodhead is gone, right? And so you, you take that out of the equation – and you're thinking to yourself, you know, this guy Vereen may contribute more than what we we give him we give him credit for. No, you're not buying Vereen, Mike Teasy. We lost Mike. All right. Well, I guess I'll do the show by myself until Mike shows up. Uh, yeah, so Shane Vereen, seventh round pick. I like uh, seeing yeah, Mike, you back yeah, with me? Yeah. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. All right. Sorry about that, man. I don't know what happened. I, I've been here the whole time. I've been screaming. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't mind the uh, I don't mind the uh, Matthews pick. I was kind of wondering about the uh, taking Chris Ivory uh, ahead of those uh, couple wide receivers. I mean, we're talking Austin Brown, uh, Jones. Uh, Tory Smith, I, you know, I, I don't think I would take uh, Chris Ivory ahead of them. Well, uh, look, it, it, it's to be seen what's going to happen there. Uh, I, I think Chris Ivory being the lead ball carrier in New York, you have a, there's a certain projection, uh, an There's expectation, nothing. right? An expectation no, Scott, for the Scott, Jets running back? Scott, Scott, Scott the yeah. bottom line is he's playing for New York. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean much right now. I'm I'm looking at somebody that's going to give me quote upside. Chris Ivory is not going to give me upside as a New York New York Jet. There's no way. What? No way. No way. Man, I don't know, man. I I disagree. The Jets the Jets rushed for 1,600 yards last year on 440 carries. That that team has if they have anything, they have an opportunity for a running back to excel. So, 1,690 yards is nothing to sneeze at. 14 rushing touchdowns last year, nothing to sneeze at. Mike, I mean, there's an opportunity for the Jets to be worse. I give you that. They could be worse uh, than they were last year, and that's kind of hard to do. But they they actually could be a little bit better with a quarterback change, uh, a more accurate quarterback, a, a quarterback with a stronger arm. And then you have uh, you bring in a running back that has actual speed and game speed and toughness, unlike you know, Sean Green, where, you know, you know what you're getting. He's going up the right. middle. He's not right. going around the side. I don't know. Well, anyway. you know, the one thing, I mean, the whole situation can't be uh, uh, settled by a quarterback or a running back. I mean, it's got to be settled by the offensive line. 
Yeah. Well, again, as we look at this team, remember, this is a start three wide receiver league and, and at least three, right? Maybe four, maybe five. And so the fact that he's not able to hit another wide receiver until the eighth round, Justin Blackman, who already is facing a suspension, who is going to be suspended, that's a little yeah. too risky for me. you got to get more than two wide receivers in your first seven picks to really compete on this week in and week out. So let's take a look at another team, Mike. Let's go to Sean okay. Coots and uh, the, the next pick, LaShawn McCoy, Steven Jackson, Monty Ball. Okay, here we go. Three running backs. Whether or not you agree with those selections is fine. I don't think anybody's going to argue McCoy and Jackson in the top two. Monty Ball, you're kind of swinging for the fences there, man, but, you know, I'll give you a credit. You, you, you got your third running back. Now let's see what else you do. You take Rob Gronkowski, big risk. So you took a risk in the third and a risk in the fourth with Gronk because, look, there are injury concerns. Is it a ver is it a justifiable risk? I think so, right? I mean, the fifth pick in the fourth round for Gronkowski, that's pretty good. I don't mind that. No, I'm I I, I don't I'm not big on that Gronk pick because uh there's some issues there, but that's all right because well, he's got something good going down the road. Yeah, somebody's gotta take him though. Somebody has to be Gronkowski. The only question you have to ask is, will it be you? Will it be you that'll be the guy that takes Gronkowski and risks your draft? Look, especially in the main event. Now, I don't mind the $99 leagues. Go ahead, you know. Uh, risk it with a Gronkowski. But if you've waited all year and all summer long to be in the main event and sit in Vegas or draft online at home with your main event team, are you going to be that guy that drafts Rob Gronkowski? It's very difficult for me to do. Now, the upside is tremendous. If you get the guy and he plays, uh, you're hitting a home run because he's he's going to perform like a, a, a first or second round pick. You're getting him in the fourth. The question is, what are you turning away to do that? If I have a very safe play, look, look at the safe plays here, Mike. Uh, Ridley, okay, he's safe. Lamar Miller, not safe. Vincent Jackson, I'd call him safe. Matthews, not safe. Jordy, uh, he's safe. Decker, I would say he's safe. Hakeem Nix, with uh, injury concerns there as well, but he's pretty safe without the injuries. I, I hear he's recovered. Witten, pretty darn safe, yep. but not the elite upside that Gronkowski has. Witten will have a couple of those big, huge monster games, but he's no Gronk anymore. So Colston, pretty safe. No. The whole round well, is pretty look, safe. You know, Scott, when I look at this, uh, when I see Sean and uh, what he's done, Sean's obviously very <laughs> – I mean, the guy's. Uh, I mean, he's a professional uh, at the at his best. Uh, but when I look at that, I'm really surprised that he would take a Gronkowski ahead of a Jordy Nelson, uh, an Eric Decker. Uh, if he wanted to tight end that spot, I, I would. I think I was on Jason Witten right there. But uh, you know, he's very good because he. Uh, you know, I mean, he's been he's been awesome at what he does. But uh, it just. It really surprises me when I look at this draft board right now, seeing who's available, who was out there, and then it went with a uh, injury quote. Yeah, and, and again, this is a start three wide receiver league. When you're playing our format, you have to remember that you need to get those three starters every single week, and I just don't see uh, the depth needed by this team. Garcon, Alexander, both injury questions. Then in the 10th round, you grab your third wide receiver, Denarius Moore, Aaron Dobson, Brian Quick. You have to be right. That, that just seems like a lot of risk for, a, for for an unnecessary risk for a league like this. So there's well, no boomer bust value. Another thing that uh, Sean was probably thinking is, uh, you know what, there's a lot of depth in wide receiver. Uh, so let me go ahead and shore up uh, some, uh, some running back positions, uh, tight end, and then I worry about my – Wide receivers a little bit later. Yeah, so, look, so, I, I can see that. We've really amped it up this year. This is not just your standard traditional WCOF format where you started three wide receivers and maybe a flex. This is the Rotable format where you start three and two flex. So you have to yeah. just, you have to get around bye weeks and injuries with three wide receivers every single week. And, and look, you're just not going to feel good about inserting a Brian Quick into your lineup or a Jonathan Baldwin or, a, you know, that's going to be very difficult to do. Now, again, not a, this, is a, this is a best ball lineup, so I'll give you that. But let's think ahead. We're, we're drafting draft masters, but we're also thinking about all of us in the back of our minds are already contemplating and formulating our plans for September in Vegas 
at the main event. That's what we're thinking about. So let's take a look at the next team, Mike. Indy hitters, C.J. Spiller, we already talked about, has the number one potential. Demarius Thomas, safe, safe pick for Peyton Manning there. Roddy White, very safe pick. Jordy Nelson, we said was safe. Vic Ballard in the fifth. Obviously, if Bradshaw ends up there, that's going to be uh, not going to be a very good pick uh, for any hitters. T.Y. Hilton, another Colt. Jeremy Macklin. Look at the wide receivers there, Mike. Thomas, White, Nelson, Hilton, and Macklin. The only question, now that's five. That feels a lot better. That can survive bye weeks. That can survive injuries. The only question is, will she have the running backs to survive? You've got Spiller basically locked in all season. So can you get by with a rotation of Vic Ballard, Jonathan Franklin, Bernard Pierce, Donald Brown? Very thin at the RB2. I would like to see a little bit more happen at the RB2. This would have been a perfect team uh, to pass and take another running back, maybe pass on an Andrew Luck. But look, in the eighth round, I can't argue with Andrew Luck in the eighth. It's the fact that you're taking T.Y. Hilton there. Uh, when you could have had Giovanni Bernard, right? That would have made me feel real good about this team because the wide receiver depth was deep enough. You had the three studs every week. You could still plug in a Macklin in the seventh and then take some more flyers for uh, every once in a while occasional starts. So she did well, uh, you know, make I her strength uh, stronger. You know, Scott, I think uh, I think Kimra, uh, you know, she pretty – she felt pretty good about uh, CJ and uh, uh, Big Ballard, so uh, that's why she passed on Bernard. It's like you know, I've got two uh, pretty solid running backs, and uh, I'm gonna go with that because you know the way the landscape has changed. That you know maybe you know I, I don't need that many. It might be your line of thinking because I'm thinking the same way. Come September, you know, I want to get I want to shore up two. I want to shore up two running backs, and uh, that's pretty much about it. Engage the chat room here a little bit. The crew here, some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. Fantasy QB, Dom LaFerriere. Depth, in quotation marks, at wide receiver is going to kill a few teams this year. You can start five. Depth takes a whole new meaning, and I completely, completely agree with what Dom's saying there because, look, in this format, I almost want to figure out who's going to be my sleeper tight end. Who's going to be my sleeper quarterback that's going to carry me because at the end of the day – I want to load up and fire away at running backs and wide receivers through the first eight rounds as much as I can just to get as much of that starting potential covered with bye weeks and injuries. So let's take a look at that strategy, Mike. Let's just say, for instance, forget all the picks on the board, but let's just say the first eight rounds you fired away at just running backs and wide receivers, okay? Let's let's just play this game for a second. Let's move to the ninth round. Do you have some tight ends there that you could feel good about starting on a week-to-week basis? No way. All right. So let's just take a look. Owen Daniels. Owen Daniels. uh, Jermichael Finley. uh, Jared Cook. Any of those guys you feel good about? A couple so far. Okay. All right. So you do. So Owen Daniels finished as the eighth best tight end last year. Uh, and to see, you know, okay, he's a year older. But if you can wait till the eight, till the ninth round and pick up an Owen Daniels, or maybe even a boring pick like a Brandon Pettigrew who's going to catch you, you know, 70 or 80 balls, you know. Uh, he's not going to – he's going to have the biscuit hands around the end zone, right? We know that. But I feel pretty I feel pretty good about that. Even a Brandon Myers, a backup him up with a Brandon Myers or a Martellus Bennett. Uh, one of these guys, Jermaine Gresham. Look how early. Look how late Heath Miller. Look at Heath Miller in the 14th round, or or Fred Davis coming off injury. That's I mean, why, Scott, Scott, that's why you start 11, right? Hmm. That's why you start 11. Dual flex. I'm serious. I mean, it, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I I'm thinking, I'm thinking that I will figure out who my shots are going to be from this pool of tight ends here, right? I'm looking, and I've got about 20 tight ends I can choose from. They can be the Kobe Fleener, Dwayne Allens, Fred Davis, Dustin Keller in Miami, Brent Selleck in Philly, Gates, is he going to be healthy, Uh, Jordan Cameron, the high upside guy, Gresh, I don't care. I'm going to fight my battles here in this group of tight ends. And now let's take a look at the quarterbacks, Mike, because remember, this scenario 
We took all running backs and wide receivers through eight. Okay. Do you feel good about I'm some look, of these I'm looking at, some of, I'm looking at round Eli 12. Manning? Look at round 12. Wow. Look at Eli Manning in the 11th round. You're telling me you're not going to feel good about starting Eli Manning? I mean, yeah. what's the guy got to do? Uh, Joe Flacco. Look at this round 12. Freeman, Cutler, Bradford, Flacco, Thick. Are you kidding me? That's, yeah, in, that's in round 12. Man. Well, and in a draft master format, it just makes sense to wait and, and just gobble up a couple of these guys. I mean, how about an Eli, Cutler, Palmer trio in the 11th, 12th, and 13th? You take your two tight ends, take an Owen Daniels and a Pettigrew or a Finley and a Pettigrew or something like that or a Finley and a Myers, and then you just load it up on eight running backs and wide receivers. I'm telling you, you guys ought to sign up for the $99 draft and go on Tuesday night and try this strategy. Fire away at running backs and wide receivers through eight, and then take five quarterbacks and tight ends, nine through uh, 13. Nine, right. 10, 11, 12, 13. Take two tight ends. I would, fire I would away say nine through 13 or 14. Yeah. Hey, take another yeah. tight end. Take another tight end in the 14. You know, I don't care. Then you can come yeah. into the draft. Then you can come into the draft and say, okay, now let me get some more uh, flyers here. Let me get an Andre Roberts in the 17. Somebody I know I can count on every once in a while. Let me have a let me have a uh, da, 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 da. there's not a lot of running backs out there, that's for sure. Your running backs are pretty much dried up. Um yeah. yeah I don't like Walker. Yeah. Yeah, running backs are crapshoot. Uh, if you didn't get your running backs, you are just taking blind stabs in the dark, my friend. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean I like yeah, the quiz Rogers maybe a little bit. Not much. You got. You need an injury for any of these guys to really do anything. So, but, but, anyway, but you know what? Hey, the old uh, quote: handcuffs. Go after the handcuffs. I, I find it interesting that not one single team uh, took that strategy. You have twelve different people in this in this draft, and not one single team took just all running backs and wide receivers through eight rounds, and that. Did did anybody do it through seven? Let's see, seven, 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 okay. seven. Oh, yeah, Indy hitters. Yeah, Indy hitters took uh, seven straight running backs and wide receivers. Anybody else? Da, 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 da. No. Everybody else is filling up their quarterback and their tight end early. It's almost like they have to jump in there and get that. But, man, with these lineups, every single week you have to have that two running backs, three wide receivers, and two flex. Now, I will say this. You can start the flex at tight end if you want. I mean, hey, if you, if you want to try yeah. that, that's fine. We're not the 1.5 like, you know, the FFPC guys or whatever. Uh, you get one PPR across the board, but it can work. Uh, you could start maybe like an Owen Daniels that you grabbed in the ninth or maybe like a Greg Olson in the eighth. I feel okay about starting him, especially on a pinch, you know, maybe even in a regular basis. So, I just, I just, I would like to see somebody try that strategy on Tuesday night. Running backs and wide receivers, and I want to see how you feel with your tight ends and your quarterbacks through nine through thirteen. That's going to be, that that'd be really interesting to see. Let's 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 take a look at. Um, there's a really cool feature here called Draft Recap, and when you click on Draft Recap, if you hold down Control and hit Draft Recap, uh, you start to see what uh, the computer thinks of the teams, and the computer. Ranks Rock the Casbah. Rock the Casbah, number one. So let's take a look at his that team there that's out of the two hole. Started Doug with Doug Martin. Martin. We went Randall Cobb. Everybody knows how uh, we feel here on Red vs. Blue about Randall Cobb. We we absolutely love him. We think he has top five wide receiver potential this year. I, I don't think it will be difficult to see Randall Cobb going for 90 catches this year, 12 touchdowns, 1,100 yards. Sounds very reasonable to me. Very reasonable to me. He's not a high yards per catch guy. He'll still get you 90 catches if he if he plays a whole season. 12 touchdowns. I think you'll be pretty happy with that. So Doug Martin, Randall Cobb in the second. Aaron Rodgers in the third. Taking the quarterback early. Not early when it's Aaron Rodgers, but with a deep class, it feels like it's early. It's not. Uh, Rodgers in the third is not early, especially with what he can do and has done in the past. So uh, but they did bring in a ground game, and, and it should probably make Aaron Rodgers even better, right? I mean, uh, Smokey's Doghouse is in the chat room. 
uh, I would imagine that it would make Aaron Rodgers a little bit more effective with that ground game, wouldn't you, Mike? Yeah, you know, I would too. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at the rest of uh, Rock the Casball's team, uh, you know, going with Frank Gore, aging. But uh, you got to remember, it's redraft. It's not dynasty, it's redraft. So uh, this guy, Frank Gore, could be all right. Uh, Reggie Wayne, uh, there's – I don't see – I honestly don't see Reggie Wayne's numbers slipping at all with luck back there. And uh, Cecil Shorts has what it takes in Jacksonville. Yeah, and there's a couple of other names there in that seventh round, that key seventh round this year, because you get you get your four running backs and wide, or you get your six running backs and wide receivers. What do you do with that seventh pick? That's your last flex position. Uh, I would have loved to have gotten a Steve Smith there, like Follow Me did. Steve Smith. In the seventh round, I mean, come on, really? Uh, there's nothing wrong with Steve Smith. He's just a year older. This guy can be a top 15 wide receiver. 75 catches, seven touchdowns would not surprise me one bit out of Steve Smith in his uh, in his twilight years here. But Kenny Britt, I can't get behind. I can't get behind Kenny Britt. I just I just don't want to look. We're all thinking about Vegas, right? That's the team we're thinking about the September draft. I don't want to hitch my wagon to Kenny Britt. That's my main event team. I don't want to yeah. do it. This is It's just not something that I'm going to come out of the draft feeling good about. And for the upside, I mean, you've got Jeremy Macklin there. If you want upside, take a Denario Alexander. He's got the most upside of probably anybody in the draft, and you're getting him in the seventh round. All he has to do is stay healthy. Uh, I would much rather count on Phillip Rivers uh, than Jake Locker. I would even take Anquan Bolden over Kenny Britt. Now, is that is that a travesty? Oh, oh, oh. Puzzle meter, hit it, hit it, hit it. <laughs> can, can, can I tell you my can I tell you my projections for Anquan Bolden? Go for it, go for it. Can I can I give you seventy one, a thousand, twenty, and eight, and you not laugh at me? Not laughing. Yeah. <laughs> seventy one, a thousand, twenty, and eight. That's what I have. I have him pegged for two hundred and twenty fantasy points. And, uh, look, I, I don't think uh, that's hard to believe being the, the main bell cow. That's a top 20 wide receiver no. season. Scott, 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 Scott. You're telling me that Anquan Bowden's going to outscore Kenny Britt in fantasy points this year? Um, well, my projections, my projections put uh, Anquan Bowden higher than Kenny Britt. Kenny Britt I have down for 68, 75, and 8. I have him down for 195 fantasy points, and that's if he stays out of trouble and, and healthy. And Jake Locker, you know, that's a top 25 season. That's a top 25 <laughs> that's a season. Big one is out of trouble <laughs> and yeah. stays healthy. That's two big iffies. There's a lot yeah. of iffies with Kenny Britt. Uh, I mean, you know, all kidding aside, there's a lot of iffies with Kenny Britt. Uh, there's no iffies with uh, Anquan Bowden. Anquan Bowden's a, a consummate professional, and uh, he's in San Francisco in a spot where. He can shine. I just don't know if he's going to give, be given the opportunity to shine until later in the year. Kenny Britt, I think he's going to be given the opportunity to shine week to week to week to week, every week. Well, you know, we did have Jules McLean on the show a couple of weeks ago, and she did break out her Kendall Wright. I'm not holding her to that pick uh, or anything. It was early. It was a May conversation, but I kind of feel like her. I kind of like what I kind of like what I see in Kendall Wright. And you know, I know he didn't make big plays last year, but he made him in college. And and everybody on that team says that he has that uh, that type of potential. Good conversation in the chat room. IPS driver Britt has much more upside than Bolden. True. Uh, Get paddled. Britt in a contract year. True. You're on a mint. Britt has the idiot factor working against him. True. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, no one giving Britt Wallace money doesn't matter. Uh, IPS driver, if Britt stays on the field, Bolden will not be close. Okay, we're going to highlight this one, and we're, we need to be like putting this one on the – I would love to take some of these, some of these statements I, and like I, you know, highlight I, them I, and throw them up on the website. I am very humbled that, thankfully, I think I might be right on this one. <laughs> and thank you, everybody in the chat room. I might be right on this one because Britt well, will hey, outpoint Bolden. Hey, Deshaun Jackson has upside. I mean, but, you know, he's got that factor working for him, too. I don't know. 
he he's in a contract dispute with his agent. That's pretty bad. So, uh, okay. Uh, so again, follow me, Peterson, MJD, Sproles, love that start. Dwayne Bowe, Tony Gonzalez, Stevie Johnson, Steve Smith. It's great. I don't mind that one bit. He's got three wide receiver starters, three running backs. That's one of the flex. Who's his number two flex? Every single week, it's either, oh, there you go, it's Owen Daniels, or it's Antonio Gates, or it's Antonio Holmes, or it's Nate Burleson. Man, this guy is about as safe as it gets. Look at that team. That is safe, 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 safe. Not a lot of risk in follow me's picks, right? There's no risk in any of those picks. None of them. No, it's pretty safe. The quarterbacks, he waits till the eighth round to get quarterbacks. He gets Romo, Roethlisberger, and Freeman. I think we can learn a lot from a draft like this. It is a very safe, and that's probably why he does so well. I haven't been following him lately, but if you ever follow, follow me, you know that he's a very big draft master player, and uh, that probably tells the story why, because I look at those picks, and he grabbed the safest pick of the bunch. He didn't go for a huge upside. Uh, but he went for very safe points. I mean, Steve Smith in the seventh? What is this the same Steve Smith that, uh, well, he finished number 20 last year. So, I, okay, I got you. He's not the same Steve Smith we saw two years ago. So he did show signs of age. Uh, let's take a look at Brian the Harwood, only, the three-hole. Calvin Johnson. The only Christian Johnson. Is, uh, is Santonio Holmes, but, I mean, he goes 1 through 12 and looks uh, very solid. Follow me, does. I mean, we're talking very solid. You know, after Steve Smith going uh, Romo, uh, Daniels, Ben, Antonio Gates, I mean, you got to keep going with that. I mean, we're talking redraft here, so that's solid. Well, uh, again, uh, look, there are, there are lots of ways to skin this cat. Um, I, I see guys, look. Foster, Reggie Bush, great start for John Connor. Andre Johnson in the third. Eric Decker, Mike Wallace, Peyton Manning in the sixth round. Really? Is this what the year of fantasy football has become? Quarterback Peyton Manning. Quarterback Peyton Manning, who used to be a a steal in the fifth round. If you said if he ever falls that far, I'm going to take him. I have Peyton Manning ranked as my number four quarterback overall in fantasy. I could just as easily rank him number one. It wouldn't hurt my feelings any, especially with the weapons he has. He's primed to have the biggest year of his career, and he's in the sixth round. So you can't turn that down. No matter what strategy you walk into the draft with, if you're sitting at 6'6 or 6'7 and Peyton Manning's still sitting there, you got to take him. So I don't fault John Connor at all there. Miles Austin, Ben Tate backing up Arian Foster, very smart pick. Uh, tight ends, Jermichael Finley, Keller, Fleener, just trying to piece something together there week to week. I and I love the Ruben it. Randall pick late. I like that pick. You know, look, there's um, Peyton Manning in the sixth round. Jeez, that's what. Hey, Scott, Scott, I like what John did. I like what John did in round 10 with Isaiah P. That could be, oh, that could be huge. Well, we've yet to see. The verdict is still out on Isaiah Pede, and that's uh, that's one of those picks you'll have to just Wait and see what's uh, what's going to happen there. So, look, this has been a um, – there, there, we could talk about this draft pretty much the whole night, and, and I think we should. These $99 drafting goes on Tuesday night, they're a lot of fun. Uh, we're, we're doing them basically just so players can get that experience every week with the software, uh, with the draft board, and, uh, you know, getting the experience of the ADP in the format. You have to be able to sit back and look at the team and say – do I have starters every single week that are going to contribute and fill that lineup up? That's the trick, and that's what we're all trying to do in a draft master format is start three wide receivers, two running backs, a tight end, and two flex. You can do that. You have a good chance of uh, making some money in those uh, $99 draft masters. Uh, Mike, I appreciate you being on here tonight. It's been a, a great time with the crew in the chat room. Thank you, everybody, for showing up. We will continue Thank these you, conversations. Scott. I appreciate everybody, and uh... – been a fun time tonight. Absolutely, man. I I just want to know, you know, you're as you as we as we try to take away anything from tonight. I guess what I what I think about after tonight's show, are you going to be the guy or gal that takes Rob Gronkowski when he falls to you in the fourth round, or are you going to let him slip right past you? Because in Vegas, when it's time for the main event, he could be the guy that really brings it home for you. Are you worried about those injuries to the extent you'll let him slip 
past you in the fourth round. <laughs> He's gone. He's gone. I don't want him. Man, well, there's gonna be there's gonna be some owners that disagree with that in every single league, Mike. One owner in every league. Uh, somebody's got to take him. That's all we got time for, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, go on to the High Stakes Fantasy Hour. Check those guys out, and we will uh, see you next Friday on Red vs. Blue. All right, that's good, guys. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. La, 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 wait till I get my money right. I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven. When I woke, I smit that on a necklace. I told God I'd be back in a second. Man, it's so hard not to act reckless. The home much is given, much is tested. Get arrested, guess until he gets the message. I feel the pressure under more scrutiny. And what I do, act more stupidly. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.